gather together with friends and family in Christ and to be able to just sing praises to you and learn about your word, about your good son that came down to die for us, to save us, for your glory. And I pray as uh, Pastor Dan comes up here to preach your message that we'll just open up our ears and open up our hearts to be able to receive this message and to be able to just imply it to our lives, to be able to just help one another grow more and for ourselves to grow more deeper in our relationship with you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Corbin. Corbin, how old were you when you started to play? What grade were you in when you started to, to play in the band? Band? Freshman. Freshman. So for four years, that's cool. I mean, he was. Um, and and um, we are. If you're interested in playing in the band, we have 47 spots about to open up in in a couple weeks. So talk to Jeff, Huey, right back there, or myself uh, about it. Uh, we won't guarantee you've got a spot, but we will love to talk to you about it, and um, all right, I've been running back and forth a little bit tonight, but that's always good, it's always good to run a little back and forth, because you forgot something, I got to grab something, good news, I'm here, y'all feel better, yeah, I'm a little, thank you, you know, you clapped for me a week ago when I came up, and this week you're just like, uh, same guy, are you kidding me, so who wrote the book of Second Timothy, he wrote it too, Paul was in, in prison. That's right. Okay, so we, we, we sort of know that. Now, last week, he said to, um, uh, f- to flee what? Youthful passions. Passions. And we, d- we didn't explain a lot because I think we all understand what youthful passions are. But then he said to pursue. What did he say to pursue? Righteousness. And then it, it, we went into, uh, I want to say, uh, faith, love, and peace. Okay, so that's what we're to pursue. And so we looked at the text to see what that was, that was about. Now, we've been talking about throughout this whole time in 2 Tim, Timothy, false te- 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 teachers, that they're going to be around and you've got to look out for them uh, and what to look out for. And this is what Paul is still in that vein, okay? So understand, he's been going that way, and there's a context of that that he's still in right here. Now, you might be saying, well, ha- what does this have to do with me? Because you are responsible to know when someone is speaking the truth to you or not. You are responsible for your friends when someone is not speaking the truth to them to speak up on their behalf and look out for those that you love and those that you care about. That's what you're, and you're going to be responsible, good news, for the rest of your life. The rest of your life. Now, you can choose to turn, turn aside and not look at it, um, but you're going to miss for an opportunity for God to, move, to, to work in you, and you're going to miss an opportunity to help those who you, not only that you love, but maybe some people that you may not necessarily love, but they need to know of God's love. So I want to tell you one thing before you start out tonight. And look up here, everybody. Let me just tell you one thing. I have no doubt in my mind, in my heart, that God has a plan and a purpose for every one of you that is in this room right now. I have no doubt, and I want you to know, I don't know what you've been through this week, this month, this year. It could have been the worst year of your life, but can I tell you, God has a plan for you, and above all else, God loves you, and his love has never stopped, no matter where you've been or what you've been through. His love is still there. You go, well, how could, you don't understand what I've done. 
I don't know what you've done, and I don't need to know what you've done, but I know who God is, and I know what God did, and I know how big he is. So I hope when you come to the edge, and you come here each week, if there's anything, just one thing you get out of tonight, I hope you leave here with that. And God's got a plan for me, in spite of who I am. I'm amazed every day when I wake up that God can still even want to use me. Because I know who Dan is on the inside, apart from God, and it is not a pretty sight at all. So let's pray, and then we're going to start. Dear God, I thank you for every student and adult that's in this room. I thank, I thank, I thank you that you love us, uh, that you've got a plan for us. And Lord, I just ask, um, God, if there's someone here that goes, I'm not sure if God loves me or not, Lord, I just pray that even tonight that your love will pour out on them in a way they can't explain. And it may just be through as they sit through the service or as the, when they go home or through the hug of a friend or someone they've not even met before that speaks kind words and shows love to them. But, Lord, I just ask that your love will be shown tonight. Um, Lord, we're in a world that is in rough shape, but you are still God, uh, and we praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I want to, um, we're going to start in, in, in a book Second uh, Timothy chapter 2. So turn there, and if you don't have your Bibles, can I implore you, bring your Bibles to the edge. We open these up every week, and it's important for you to have God's Word in your hands, taking a look at it. Now, Paul is, not, is going to speak to you and I in this part right here, okay, in verse t- 23, and there's some things he says for us to be, and I want you to understand what he says for us to be, and why he says it, because it is very important. Look here in Second Timothy chapter 2, beginning of verse 23. Stand up as we read God's word right here together. Here's what it says, verse 23 through 26. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant con- controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's ser- servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Have a seat. The Lord's Lord's servant, he says some things with what the Lord's servant is supposed to be about. Now, I want you to get these because I miss this so many times in my life, even now, what he, what he says and what, why he says what he says, because it's very important. I'm talking around myself right now, but it's, hopefully it's going to make sense soon, okay? He says, the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. What does that mean? Anybody? Fighting. What? Fighting, right? Is that what I heard? Okay, you've got to speak up. Fight, fighting, right? They, they, they mustn't go into it trying to pick a fight. Now, sometimes when we stand up for the truth, a fight is going to come, but that doesn't mean you stay in the fight and you keep pushing. There's a point you back up because I've, rarely I've seen a fight occur where it works out and everybody's thrilled at, at the end of it. And somebody goes, oh, I think you're right. I understand now. In the heat of a moment when you're mad, nothing good is going to come there. So he says this. He says, the Lord's, Lord's, Lord's servant... Those that teach the word, and as you know, that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you understand you're a servant of the Lord, and where you go, you bring Christ with you. You're a servant of the Lord. You must not be quarrelsome, but then it says this, but kind to everyone, okay? Kind to everyone. That, that means we look out for their needs above our own needs. So 
These are some simple points, but hear why. Because a lot of times we miss the why because we're ticked off at the world because they deserve to be beaten down. But kind to everyone, able to teach. Okay, you, you, you need to... Can I tell you this? You need to know, to know the word. Able to teach isn't mean, doesn't mean you're eloquent or, or smooth of speech. Praise God or I'd be gone. Would not be here. Okay? It's, it's able to teach. That you, you understand the word somewhat enough to tell somebody else about it. Able to teach. Patiently enduring evil. Is there evil in this world right now? Do you see it in the world around you if you go to school or go to work or go to the mall or wherever you go? Do you see evil? We, we all see it. And know what God's word says that we patiently endure it. That doesn't mean we embrace it or we enjoy it, but we understand it's there. and We understand that God is still God in the midst of it. And then it says this, correct, correcting his opponents with gentleness. When some, someone's off, it doesn't mean because we patiently endure, we stay quiet and we don't say anything about it because I don't want to cause a quarrel or a fight. It means that we correct with gentleness and love. That w- This is what the Lord's servant is called to do. Now, we, we, we've sort of heard those are ch- ch- churchy things, right? You're supposed to be kind to everyone. You're supposed to endure. And you're supposed to correct but be gentle and loving. Those are things, we, if you've been in church at all, that's what you've heard. The question is, why do you do, do it? Why do we do it? And this is why. Because that jerk who stabs you in the back or talks about you or did this to you or that to you or is hateful and mean, verse 25, correcting his opponents with gentleness, God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth. But they don't deserve it. You don't understand. They're hateful. I understand. But you know why we're kind and loving and we endure? Because our greatest hope is that like where we were when we were lost and we were in rebellion against God, we hope that they will see who God is and they will turn from their wicked ways. Because we, we are just as deserving as they are of the path they're headed. Well, they deserve health. Well, so did we, the Lord's servant, we endure, we're kind, we're gentle, we correct, but we're not going to stick in a fight about it because it, there's not going to be gain. And then he, he says this, grant them re- repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. As I've thought about this, when I think about meanness in the world, if you go online or whatever, you can see videos videos or everything of, 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 of bullies and all sorts of things. You see ISIS and the atrocities that they do, you know. And I asked myself, even as I read this text, how often have I gone, man, I think, and I, I think this many times, I think, man, we, sh- we just need to wipe them stinking out, just kill them all. And, and that's, you know, the, the, those that do these atrocities, but then there's a side of me this week that has gone, ah, but how often have I prayed? Uh, and even, even when I think about these people going, Lord, I want them to know the knowledge of the truth and that they turn from that and they escape the snare of the devil. Because everybody who does evil in this world is enslaved. Do we understand that? They, now you're going, well, they choose to. That's right. They choose to be enslaved, but they're still enslaved by the things of this world. They're enslaved by the devil. I was enslaved by him. Many moons ago, but I still fight against him even today. 
And so it changed a lot on the way I thought, why do I act the way? Why am I called to be kind? Why am I called to endure? Because they're enslaved. Man, what can I do to help them get escape, escape out of the snare of the devil? That's, that's, that's sort of, to me, what that passage is, is all about. Now, stop right there, verse 26, okay? Let's read verse 25 and 26 again. So Paul's saying, be this way. Because there's a chance that these people who are going against God, God can change them and show them, reveal his truth, and they can escape from the snare of the devil, and they can turn to God, and they can be Paul. Example of this, right? Paul was one who was against God, did atrocities against God, and God redeemed him. Now, did God use him? Man, I I wonder why this is why Paul could write the things that he wrote because he understood where he'd come from and understood how the world works around them. So next time, next week, next month, tomorrow, when there's someone that is mean to you and you just want to kick their teeth in for four hours straight, y'all may not have those feelings. I've got them every now and then. Remember why we're called to be a servant of the Lord and what that looks like and what what our goal is. Man, our goal is I want them to see God. I want him to change their heart and change the trajectory of where they're going from, from, from hell to eternity with him in heaven. Now, Paul does a cool trick here, um, and I've got a, a story uh, uh, about Josh LaFamina. Did y'all meet Josh LaFamina? Who ever met Josh LaFamina at camp this, this past year? Josh was a mess in my youth group. He was, um, he was the kid that was a mess. That's all I can say. Uh, and, and can I tell you this? If, if you go to my camp, and if you've not been to my camp before, we do not do pranks at, at my camp. Um, I, will, I will kick your teeth in. <laughs> really. Okay? Uh, because, and this is why, pranks at an event like that, the kid who's picked on at school or just in life is usually the kid at camp that gets pranked the worst in the end because he tries to do a prank and he just doesn't do it that good, and they get back at him and they squash him. And I do not want a kid to come to camp and get squashed and his only chance to have God touch his life and someone got a big laugh out of it and he never goes to church again or gives God a chance because of what those kids, those church kids did. So that's why I'm really tough on it. And I was even tough back then. Well, I'm at camp. This is probably 15 years ago or 12 years ago. Josh is in my youth group. He's in the 8th, ninth grade, let's say, or 10th grade. And I get word that two kids have put X-lax into the Kool-Aid, big jug of Kool-Aid. They put, also known as col- colon blow type stuff. Okay, this is stuff that you, 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 you take it if you're stopped up and it makes you lose some weight awful quick in a bad way. Well, I hear two kids have put colon blow into the Kool-Aid. And it's caught in time, but the kids don't know we've caught it. Uh, because they put so much in it, it came out, not the right color. Not for me. I'm talking about the, the jug. <clears throat> okay. Um, so I get word from somebody else. And, and please understand this. I have ears everywhere. I have ears everywhere. The people you would think would never rat you out, they'll rat you out. Anyways. Um, so I'm at this camp and I hear Josh's name float around back to me. Josh was one of them. And I had no proof on Josh. 
But I would have bet my house, car, and a farm that I didn't own that Josh was the one that was, was in, in, involved in this. So I go to Josh, and I can't uh, accuse him right off the bat. That, that, that would be wrong. So we just happen to be side by side. If you've been at the camp, we're past the swings right down there, this old camp we've gone to right near the dock. We're just, hey, Josh, what's up there, bud? He has no idea. I'm coming come in for a setup. Uh, and so he said, not much. I said, Josh, let me ask you something. I'm, I'm t- trying to work on some, something here, which I was. It was him, but he didn't know that. I, I said, Josh, I said, do you really think the Ten Com- Commandments are, um, are like something we really need to fo- follow? He goes, oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah, bro- bro- Brother Dance, what he called me at the time. And I said, well, so you believe in the thou, thou shalt not kill, kill, right? He said, oh, yeah, easy, easy. I said, well, do you believe like thou shalt not steal? He said, no, you shouldn't steal. That's clearly wrong. And I said, well, um, Josh, you do you think a man of God can, can, can be a guy that lies? And he says, no, sir, a man of God cannot be a guy that lies. So I said, so you believe the Ten Commandments that thou shalt not lie? He said, no, you, it's clear you shall not lie. I said, let me ask you one more thing. He said, yeah, sure. I said, did you put X-Lax in the Kool-Aid? And Josh looks at me like this and went, you're not fair. <laughs> you are not fair. And he said, yes, sir, I did. It was just a bait. I, I, set, I, set, I set him up, right? I set him up. He was toast. At that point, I knew, even if a lot of his being wanted to lie about it, I had him in a box pushed back. Can I tell you, we're about to read some texts where Paul's doing the exact same thing. Paul has just said, I've called you to be a servant of the Lord, and this is what it looks like. You endure evil. You're kind to everyone. Okay, he says you correct with gentleness. And this is what he says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. Okay, keep in mind how we're supposed to be kind, gentle, enduring. And then he begins to go on a list of what people are like in the last days. Now, I want to read for you some of the cards y'all filled out um, just then on how would you describe uh, America in a phrase or word or Americans in a phrase or word. Now, I pulled some of them out and I will describe those things. Five of the cards were from okay to swag. I don't really know what swag means, but hey, that's what they said. Okay, So they were positive. Okay was a positive. So five of them were positive. Nine of them were the word freedom or free, okay? So that was in a category of its own. That's Americans, that's what, if you look, that's what we are compared to the rest of the world. This is what the rest of them were. Let me just read um, for uh, some, of, some of these. First one was Donald Trump. I don't know how to take that one. <laughs> and the next one was floppy hair, hashtag Donald Trump. Okay, and then we got into bad, distracted, Ignorant, mad, crazy, grumpy, self-centered, broken, immersed in sin, going downhill, failing, sad, bad, not smart, okay, lazy, falling apart, fat, corrupt, 
despicable. Some of y'all's spellings are amazing. <laughs> Tired, selfish, corrupt, spoiled, sinful, crazy, late, 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 lazy. I don't know what McDonald's dollar men menu is, <laughs> but it sounds bad to me. I mean, it's cheap, but bad. Sinful and stupid. Now, that's just some things that we describe um, in one word or phrase, Americans or America today. Now, let's just read it in this text, and then I'm going to uh, explain a little bit more on, um, on where we're at. We're in verse 2 of, of Tim Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 2. It says this, For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Now, Paul has just said what God's man or the servant of the Lord is supposed to be and how he's supposed to act when he faces things that don't agree with him. And then he goes into this list of things that are so unagreeable, right? That are so hard to, to, to swallow that in some ways mirrors sort of what we, we read off. And these are just, he goes into signs of the last days. This is what the last days are going to be like. And I just want you to understand if we, where we would rate America, it, it could, you go, yeah, there's a lot of things on that list I can see. Is that true or false? And that's just not to bash America. I hate America. It's not that. I'm just talking about the state of, of where we are. Now, let me share this with you. Paul is not speaking about the world in this passage. What's scary about this passage is that he's speaking about the church. Believers, and I use that term loosely, who call themselves part of the church, whether they're lead leadership or members in the church. Okay, understanding that context, read this little list again, for people will be in the church, lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. The first sign of, is, of the of last days is a godless church. Man, that is a scary list to me. Now, let, let me explain, because these are some words we don't use all the time. So let's just go through the first one, lovers of selves. Selfish, right? Selfish. Do, do, we see, do, do we see that? The question is, do you see it in the church? Sometimes we even see it in our church. I think in the American church as a whole, you can see a lot of these things. People will be lovers of money, greedy. They will be boastful, got an issue with pride, proud, too proud to ask for forgiveness, too proud to admit that you're wrong. People will be abusive, and there's many ways to be abusive, but you're being destructive to others. People will be disobedient to their parents. I know we've never seen that before. That's, and can I tell you this? I understand life is hard. I understand everybody has bad days. I get it. But there's a point when you admit, Mom, Dad, 
I was out of line. You're, you're going to probably get out of line at some point. Are you going to be man enough, man of God enough, woman of God to admit you, you're out of line and be sorry for that? People will be ungrateful. That's the issue of entitlement, which is rampant in the world we live in today, especially in America. People will be unholy. You know what word I use for that? Wicked. Wicked. This is in the church. And, and some of you go, well, okay, well, I don't see a whole lot of this in church. It's here a lot more than we know. You know and that's what's sad. People will be without love. They'll be unforgiving. They will attack with their speech. They will be without self-control, which means they will be chaos. They will be brutal or mean. They will not be lovers of what is good. They'll be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. He's talking about this is what the last days are going to be like. Now, in the last days, the church is going to really begin to look like the world. Okay? And in some ways, in the culture that we live in today, it's beginning to look like that in a very, very vast and great way. I saw a, and I don't have it pr printed out, I'm just going by mem memory. I saw a, a blog by a man named Matt Walsh, who's a believer in Christ, and he was talking about the met, met, met Methodist church is about to uh, meet. And, um, 100 leaders, whether deacons or staff or pastors of the church, came out at one time today saying that they were in um, uh, same-sex relationships and they were sexually active in those same-sex relationships. And they, they said the church needs to embrace us. Now, can I tell you any relationship outside the bond of marriage, I don't care, who you are is wrong, let alone that. Now you say, well, what about marriage? Because it's sort of allowed by law, and we're not going to get in this a whole lot tonight. But can I tell you, in the Word of God, whenever the word marriage is mentioned, it is always, always without even a question. It's always between a man and a woman. Whenever it talks throughout the whole Word of God, marriage relationship, it's a man and a woman. And when it talks about relationship between a man, man, a woman, a woman, it's always in a negative, negative light. So if you're going to be biblical about it, there's something scary about what occurred for the Methodist Church. And they're going to be voting this next week or two on how well they're going to embrace this issue. And I will share this because I've got three aunts. They were sisters of my dad, all, all, all gay. I've grown up with this all my life, and I love my aunts to death. Uh, two of my aunts, I believe, came to, to know the Lord uh, before they passed away, as we've had many talks, because one of them was head. I lived down in South Jacksonville, and she was the head of the, the L, LGBT group in Fruit Cove, and I was at the church right there uh, on staff, uh, which was a very weird thing when we would go over for fam family dinner, um, but we still did it. Uh, there's been... Uh, in my last youth group, there was nine girls that were part of a group that, that were experimenting, and um, they thought it was cool, and that's what they were, and they began to come to the group. Seven of, the, of, of, of those girls I know believe came to know the Lord, and six of them are, are happily married at this time in biblical relationships. 
I think my God is such a big God and such a loving God. And so it's a funny issue. I understand it's a funny issue. Um, but it's scary when you think of what the church is doing because it's come, it's fallen what its roots were at and what it stood, stood firm on. That has gone downhill really quick, really quick. And it says this, look, look at this in verse 5. Having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. First sign is a godless church. The, the second is a powerless religion. Your religion uh, will, will, will have, have no effect on, on, on people. It'll be like they come to church on Sunday, and as soon as they leave, they're a different person from when they came in. Now, I've been, I get asked this a lot from parents. Hey, why is my student one way when they're around you, but they're never like that when they, they come home all week? Adults do, do the exact same thing. The exact same thing. These are signs of the last days. And these are people. Why, th- why is this important? Because you're growing up in the church, and this is stuff that you are going to have to face. And you are going to have to endure evil with love, and you are going to have to correct with gentleness. I will do it as long as I can, but can I tell you, you are responsible as you grow up in this church to make a stand for what is right. Godless church, a powerless religion, says this, is where they will not possess God, they will not have him in their hearts and their lives. They will profess that they know him, but they won't act like they know him. You go, well, if someone says they go to church, they believe, them, believe in, in Christ. That's enough for me. If the, can I tell you this? If there's no fruit in their life, if nothing shows that they have any fruits of the Spirit or they love people or they're living for God at all, they don't know Him. And that's scary for them. You should go, hey, can we talk because I'm worried about you. And they may say, well, don't judge me. I'm not judging. I'm just scared for your life. They can be baptized in the faith, attend church, recite creeds, even talk out loud to God, but they will have no transformation in their lives. And then it says this, verse 6, For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth, just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses. So these men also opposed the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of these two men. That though it will be a godless, well, my, my first one, a godless church and a powerless re, religion, it'll be a corrupt ministry that it, it is seen as corrupt. Okay, I want you to understand false teaching will show itself as being false in due time. The two names they, 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 they talk about there are in verse 8 are Janus and Jambres. Now, in Jewish teaching, they're believed to be the two magicians in Pharaoh's court in Exodus chapter 7, verse 11, and following that, he calls in and Moses takes his. His, his rod, he puts it down, it becomes a snake. They take theirs and throw theirs down, and they make a snake too. But then his snake eats their snakes. It says actually in verse in chapter 9 that um, the magicians, when the, the 
the plague of the boils came on them, that the boils came on these men, and they couldn't even move because they were in such pain, showing the, the power of God, that they were false, and their falsehood would reveal itself. So when he taught these names and he said these names, he went, ah, because they're going to show themselves as false. They might look good. They might look like they have power, but that power is going to fall away. Corrupt ministers will lead gullible followers astray, weak-willed women. It's those that are just silly and not really, they're playing the game of church and just willing to do it just to, to fit in. Uh, they'll resist the truth and they will be exposed. I want you to understand that. They will be exposed. But that exposing may be your responsibility to do. The Lord's servant. We don't know when the last days are. There's no one that says, hey, I, um, I will tell you the last days will be January 18th, 2025, and we need to be set. It says no, no man knows, knows the time or date when this will occur. But if we look around in the world that we live in, you go, man, sometimes I wonder if they're not very far off. They're not very far off. And we, and you're like, well, I'm just a youth. Who cares what I say? Your voice has a lot more power than you give it credit, and we need to speak up. When we see wrong, we need to speak up. And I think we need to speak up when we're outside the church for sure, but we need to speak up when we're inside the church especially. Don't judge and don't speak up like I'm better than you are, but speak up going, dude, what are you doing? Look out. This isn't right. God's so much bigger. Give hope and courage. That's what we're called to do. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for tonight. Chance just to get into your word some and see what a Lord servant is supposed to be and why we're supposed to be it, Lord. And I, I just ask for everyone in this room that you will help us to be a power for you, that we will make an impact um, now and years to come uh, to make your church right and holy and true and just. And Lord, when falseness comes, Lord, may we speak up, may we be bold, may we know your word enough to be able to teach and able to speak. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, one last thing. I've got two Atlanta spots, Atlanta Fest spots left for high schoolers at this point. Two Atlanta Fest, that's June 16th through the 19th. $110 is the cost, 30 is what I need to reserve those spots. I don't do it by name, you saying I want it. You got to put the cash in my hand. I don't mean to have to be like that, but they're limited. So uh, if you're interested in that, let me know. And um, seniors, make sure you fill out that form in the back and what events or things you want to be a part of. That's it. We're dismissed.